Ion 2020, episode 259. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up everybody? Ray Eaton here host of Ion 2020. Appreciate you joining me for another day in the life of this 2020 election cycle. This is your Thursday show, doing the show Monday and Thursday, as you guys know. If you've been listening for the uh, last couple of weeks, I've been doing that since the beginning of the year. I went 365 days where I was doing the show every single day, and it wasn't 365 episodes. Obviously, I took the weekends off, but... um Oh, and I took the end of end of the year off, too, for two weeks. But then when I came back, I started doing the show two days a week. Just had to make that executive decision, but I won't touch on that any further. Um, man, what an absolute debacle over this whole Iowa caucus thing the other night, huh? Absolute debacle. Like, you, you have this huge lead-up every single year to the Iowa, Iowa caucuses. Every, every four years, that's like the biggest thing, the biggest event of elections, of the election cycle. And the Republicans got it right. I mean, they were just doing their normal caucusing, I guess. And they had Donald Trump get together and, uh, they, or they, they all voted for Donald Trump. I think William Weld got one electoral college or one of the votes, not electoral college votes, but one of the delegates to the convention but yeah, Donald Trump got all of them. He ended up getting like 30,000 people to show up to vote for him. And 30,000 people, that was pretty insane, right? Um, and I, I've, I've heard this before on another show. I think it was on the news or whatever, that Barack Obama in 2012, when he was running, he got like 28,000 people that came out to vote for him. So it's a pretty big deal to get 30,000 people to go out and there and vote for you. It was just getting a good showing to uh, see that, hey, there is a lot of support behind Donald Trump. So I'm sure he's happy about that. But then the Democrats, this huge debacle. And what I saw on the news about this was that, like, all these people have been saying that the thing about the Democrats, uh, I mean, what they've been saying is that the Democrats can't get 110,000 votes counted, so how are they going to take care of healthcare, right? Like, you want these people to these people to be in charge of your healthcare. And it's totally true in that sense that you're looking at it from the Democratic standpoint. You don't want these people... These people are the ones that are saying that they want to be in charge of your healthcare. They want to be in charge of your health insurance. They want to be in charge of uh, as many things as they can. They want the government to be in charge of all that stuff, Right? Um, so a lot of people are saying, oh, these are the people you want to be char- in charge of your health care. And the insinuation to that, though, is that somehow the Republicans will be better at taking care of this stuff or because they got their caucus right. The insinuation is that somehow the Republicans are on the right road and the Democrats are on the wrong road because they messed up on the whole voting thing. 
And I take it from a different perspective and say that this is why you don't want government itself in control of any of this stuff. Because shortcuts are taken when they start trying to take over things. For example, with this particular debacle, it was an app. The Democratic, I guess the the Iowa Democratic Party decided that they were going to put together some sort of app that was going to be for voting. So I guess everyone was allowed to vote on that. It would go to a central place at the at the voting polling area and then all these people would vote on it and then it would go to and then the, someone would get those numbers and then that's how the count was done. And there was a coding issue. And you got to wonder who tested this stuff. You got to wonder a salesperson must have went up to the person that's in charge of the Democratic Party of Iowa and sold this idea on them of an app to be used in order to count these people's polls that would be encrypted, I would imagine. That would be allowed people to stay anonymous, or if they don't have to stay anonymous, it would allow them to at least count the votes in a better way than what they were currently doing. Because their status quo was whatever it was in 2016 and in 2012. So all of a sudden for this 2020 caucus, somebody came in there and sold them this bill of goods. Somebody came, some really cunning salesperson got there and said, this is what you guys need. And that's what happens in politics all the time, guys. Somebody well-connected, a politically well-connected person got in there to the Iowa Democratic Party. I know this person that's in charge, or I know a few people that are in charge, or I know somebody that's a member of this, and my son just graduated from college, and he's a member, and he's got got um, a job at this coding company who's going to build this app for us, and you know what, he's going to make a bunch of money off of it, da-da-da. So somebody made a bunch of money off of this app, that was probably politically well-connected, somebody that knows people, and supposedly one of the people that's in sh- that was like, um, one of the people that was in charge of this company that designed this app was like a huge donor to Pete Buttigieg. So it was obviously somebody politically well-connected that went and got somebody to buy this thing, got someone to sign on to it. And all of the news agencies are out there on Monday night just waiting for the results. Usually the polling closed at 8.30. So by 9 o'clock they're like, still no results. By 10 o'clock, still no results. By 11 o'clock, still nothing. They've come up with a statement. There's a problem with the counting. It's inconsistent. And somebody, you know, like all this money was invested by all these companies to go out there and be ready for the polling. All these news agencies, everybody's in Iowa. The candidates are in Iowa. And then the whole debacle happens. It's Thursday now. I think they have 75% of the results in, and that's it. That's not even 100%. The Republicans, 99%. But that's the thing about government. That's the thing. The incentives are all wrong. The profit motive is not there. The incentive motive is power. The incentive that they have is political connections. 
That's the incentive that these people have. So decisions are not made based upon profitability. Decisions are not made based upon what's going to be the best investment of your money. The decisions are made about on who's the most politically well-connected. And it happens across every single aspect of government. From the dog catcher up to the President of the United States. Politically well-connected people get what they get, get what they want. They're the ones that make money while you suffer, while you sit there and pay your taxes and shut your mouth. That's what it is. So this is not an incrimination of the Democratic Party not being able to take care of health care, even though they want to. It's an incrimination of the entire system that says that somebody politically well-connected is going to get the contract if they don't enough money to this candidate and that candidate and the other candidate so that they'll vote on it. It happens in city governments. It happens in state governments. It happens in the federal government. It happens with the Democratic Party. It happens the Republican Party. It happens with all of them. So the best thing that we can do is preach limited government. Not, oh, the Democrats did a bad job, the Republicans will do a great job. Because that's not the case. It's not the, the lesson here is not the Republicans are better than the Democrats at counting. The lesson is we need limited government. We need a government that's limited in every single aspect. From the dog catcher to your local city government to your state government up to the federal government. That's what we need. We need to preach limited government because the politically well-connected are the only ones that profit in this system. And you're left holding the bag. You're the one that's left out there wondering, why are my taxes so high? You're doing your taxes this time of year. You're thinking, man, I just paid a fortune to the federal government. I paid more in taxes than I did for my house. That's what you might be thinking. That's your largest bill every single month if you divide that by 12 your largest bill is most likely your taxes and that's who you want in charge of your government that's who you or that's who you want in charge of your health care is people that are willing to make political decisions willing to make decisions based upon who's the most connected who donates the most if you had that system taking care of your health care then it's not the profit motive that counts. It's not, oh, I need to do a really good job or else I'm going to get a bad reputation around town. That's not what the doctor's going to be thinking because he's going to be protected by the federal government. And that's your only choice. Like, the, the take the high schools and the middle schools and elementary schools around, the, around America. They're not accountable because your only choice is to go to that school. So when something goes wrong, they just, it's the system. It, just blame the system. When kids are not being educated, you know, it's the system that we live under. You just have to deal with it. That's the excuse. But yeah, you don't want the Democrats taking care of your health care, and you don't want the Republicans taking care of your health care. But that was the lesson of the day. And a lot of people, even me on Facebook, I was liking that when I saw that. But the reality is, it's the entire government 
that we need that incriminates not just the Democratic Party. Yeah, they want more and more and more control. That's what they want. They want more and more control. But the Republicans want it too, guys. I think the only ones that are out there saying limited government is libertarians. And the Constitution Party, I would I would assume as well. They want to limit it down to the Constitution. But the Constitution is up for up for debate. Constitutional limits, they are up to everyone's interpretation. The constitutional limits are what the Supreme Court decides. And the Supreme Court, over time, has decided certain cases, and that's it. So the Constitution Party, they just wanted to go back to their interpretation of the Constitution. And that's, I mean, to me, it shouldn't be that. It should be limited government. And that's where the Libertarian Party stands. Limited government. Yeah, there's people within the Libertarian Party that say things a little bit differently. But limited government, that's the ideal. That's what we're looking for. So keep on focusing on that. Teach your friends about it. Change the expectations that people have of their government. Change the expectations that we have of our politicians. And they will change also. And that's it. So think about the um, other thing that happened over the last couple of days. The huge debacle in Iowa, and then obviously um, Donald Trump has his State of the Union speech, right? The State of the Union address. Now that was not a State of the Union address. That, honestly, was a political speech, a political stump speech, the same speech that he gives pretty much at all of his rallies. And it's a thumb in the eye of the Democrats who sat there and looked foolish by never standing up and applauding. They just looked like... I mean, they looked at some of the people and they just had anger in their eyes. And I don't know that that did good for them at all. It really didn't. I even heard people that typically seem like they're pretty well, you know, liberal, but not really... I've just seen some independent people. That's what I mean by that. Some independent people that I would think would be like, vote for Barack Obama because he seems like the best candidate type people. I know a few of them, not too many. I even heard one of them say that you at least give the president respect enough to stand up or to, you know, not rip up his paper like they looked, they thought that was petty. So, I mean, that might have been a huge loss for the Democrats as well, watching Donald Trump's speech. But yeah, it was a political stump speech, and that's all it was. And he did this stupid thing, like giving... Rush Limbaugh, like, the, the the Presidential Medal of Freedom or some crap like that. Like, Rush Limbaugh, while Rush Limbaugh probably is a huge voice on the conservative movement, he probably donates a lot of money to people and to different charities and things like that. He's a very divisive person, and whether you agree with him or not, it's just, that's an interesting person to give that particular thing too but you know what it's appealing to his base and that's what it is this was a political stump speech and that's it another interesting point during his uh his state of the union address is that every single person for like the first hour that he called out that was like yeah we have this person here and that person here that came and you know we gave this person who was a tuskegee airman uh one of the last surviving tuskegee airmen 
We gave him a, I think they made him like a brigadier general or something like that. He stands up, and he's an African-American guy. And then he have his kids stand up. Uh, he's going to be going to like the Space Force or something like that. And he's an African-American kid. And they had another lady that was an African-American person stand up. And uh, I just thought it was interesting that it was totally pandering to the African-American base. That he doesn't really have an African-American base, but he was really trying to make an appeal to African-Americans. And I think the reason why he's able to do that, and he did it during the Super Bowl too. I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl, but there was uh, the first, I think it was like the first commercial or one of the first commercials of the Super Bowl. And it was a Donald Trump commercial and it was showing an African-American lady that just got out of prison. She was thanking Donald Trump for changing my life. Donald J. John Trump changed my life, made my life better, made a lot of people's lives better. You know, it was like a, it was, it was totally trying to appeal to an African American voter to get them to change their minds about Donald Trump, to get them to go along with him. And I think the reason why he's able to do that right now is because if you look at the Democratic candidates. If you look at them, it's all white guys and two white ladies. All white guys and two white ladies. And the person that gets the most votes in the African-American community? Joe Biden. Like 40%. They don't like burnt... Like, not they. I hate to use the word they. But the African... Like, I think Bernie... If you look at Bernie Sanders, he does not get a lot of African-American support. You look at Pete Buttigieg, who is probably going to win Iowa. Doesn't get a lot of African-American support. This is an opening for Donald Trump to do that, and I think that he's really making that push. A couple weeks ago, I was there was another big event that he did, and he went to an African-American college, and he gave some awards out and things like that, a traditionally black college, and he talked about a lot of African-American issues during this State of the Union address. So, my thought is, is he is really going to go after the African-American vote. And if he can get 70, you know, not 70, like 30% of the African-American vote, rather than just the 10% that a Republican normally would get, if he can make that happen, you know, he that, that's definitely a huge win for him. That can be, that could change the dynamics of the election big time. He talked a lot about African-American unemployment. He talked about African-American youth unemployment being down, record lows, things like that. But yeah, this was a political stump speech aimed because he knows he has every network on him right there. He has a clear path to every person's TV in America. Now, how many people actually watch this stuff? I don't, nobody that I worked with today that I was talking to had watched it. None of my coworkers. I I watched it, but that's because I do a a podcast called Ion 2020, so I have to watch it, you know? Uh, But yeah, so I watched it. But I kind of turned it off halfway through, probably after like the first hour I turned it off. I did not watch the Democrats' rebuttal. Um, and that's it. So the last thing that happened today, and I'm so excited about it, very excited about it, 
and you guys have to know it, it happened last night. The Senate voted and acquitted Donald Trump of both of the impeachment things, whether he was right or whether he was wrong, whether he was guilty or whether he was innocent. We all knew that it was going to go from the House and be voted on positively and it would go to the Senate and be thrown out. We all knew that. This was all a charade in an attempt to do nothing but smear Donald Trump and smear him and get him uh, not elected, get him, you know, to, or weaken his, his presidency. So whether you agreed with him or not, it didn't matter. And that's what I kept on saying. I looked at it from a standpoint of he probably did a lot wrong. I know I'm not sure that it was impeachable, but the thing that really got me is that the Democrats in general have been wanting to impeach the guy from the very beginning, from before he was even sworn in. They were talking impeachment, so it just makes people think that they rushed it and they rushed it through and all that. And they didn't really get down to the meat of it. They didn't get down to the true facts of the case. Congress was just trying to get that thing through before Christmas so it can be on the desk of the Senate by the new year. And that was it. And that's the way I looked at it the entire time. Obviously, I don't think that a president should have any power over money that's going to foreign places anyway. Because we shouldn't be sending money to foreign places and it leads to corruption, and I'm sure there's plenty of corruption in what he did, and what other people do, and what other presidents do, because they're going to tie things a certain, you know, they're going to tie money to certain outcomes. Whether, I mean, I'm not sure that Donald Trump specifically gave the quid pro quo, as what they say, but it was probably understood in some way. I don't think it was him being completely, uh, what's the word, like, they, they, the, Donald Trump was not trying to, you know, make sure that money goes to Ukraine because he wants to, you know, end corruption in Ukraine. But I know that Donald Trump for years has talked about not giving money to other countries unless they do what we tell them to do and that we don't want to give money to corrupt countries and stuff like that. So I have heard that as well. And he's also been a vocal advocate of not giving money to countries in the first place, although he's willing to give money to Israel. So who knows? But neither here nor there, though. Everyone knew that this was going to be a political issue. Everyone knew it. And it was just one side trying to beat the other side. And that's it. And that's why I step outside of politics. That's why I cannot stand the two-party system. That's why I've originally became a libertarian. Because I just understood it as we need limited government, guys. We need a government that does so so little that it doesn't matter how corrupt a politician is because they have no power to do anything anyway. Yeah, they might be able to give special handouts to the janitor at the White House or political appointments to the janitorial staff or the cooking staff at the, at the House of Representatives. But they do so little that it doesn't matter if there's corruption because it won't affect you and me. It won't make national headlines. That's the type of government that I want. That's the type of federal government that I want. We could work on the states later. 
Let's break down that federal government. Let's demand the federal government does less. That's what we need to do. Change the views that people have of the federal government and the expectations that they have of their politicians who are being elected to the federal government. And if you demand that of them, if they know that they're not getting reelected unless they vote for less government, if they know that, then they will vote for less government. But we're in a world right now where people want more from their government. They want their government to have more responsibility and more power over them. More power over the people. They want to give the federal government control of the entire healthcare system. All of the payments to the healthcare That's what they want to do. Can you imagine that? All the politically well-connected people are going to benefit big time. You better become one of them. Because you will be rich. But if you're not politically well-connected, you're going to have worse health care. And that's it. So, hey, guys, I appreciate you joining me for another day in the life of this 2020 election. That is my stump speech for Thursday, okay? Um, come on back on Monday, though. I hope you guys uh, continue to join me every single day. I do see listenership going up uh, over over and over. Even though I'm doing two shows a week, I have more listeners or more listens to the show by doing two shows than doing five shows. So I think it's just because there was so many podcasts of mine in your podcatcher and you have other podcasts to listen to. So I'm glad I went to doing two shows. Uh, keep telling your friends about the show though. If you like, if they like politics, if they like to know about what's going on in the election and if they want to hear a libertarian spin on it, or you just want to direct them towards libertarian spin on it, direct them to my show. Give me a five star rating review as well. And, uh, if you want to, uh, Check me out on IonTheEmpire.com as well as IonTheEmpire on Facebook and on Twitter, okay? And then if you do that, you can come back Monday and you'll have clear vision for 2020.